Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. So I know two weeks ago, I said I was not ready for fall. I was still very much in the summer mood, but this last week I have totally found myself fully diving into the fall spirit. I'm so ready to decorate the house and all of my fall decor, burning my fall candles. I think with the heat wave that finally broke, now there's just this cool fall breeze and the leaves and the trees are changing color. So I'm in now, guys. I also am so happy to say that I really feel like I am coming out of this funk that I've been in. And this is exactly why I needed to do a really intentional Evox series on this dissociation because I was talking with a friend last night. We had met up for dinner and I was just saying, you know, in the past years ago, I would get into the these funks, into this low dissociated state. And truthfully, I would be in this state for months where I just was really not showing up for my life fully, just kind of half turned on, half present. And thankfully over the years, especially over these last, I'd say two years, doing so much emotional work, when I go into those low places, I'm usually not there for very long. Now it tends to be like a week max. But with that said, it's now been like a month that I feel like I've been in this kind of funk. And that is what started sending off the alarm signals in my head of, okay, you're not usually in a funk for this long. You've got to really do some targeted support for this because you're not just coming out of it naturally, you're staying in it. And so you really need to look deeper into this. So yeah, I've been feeling a lot better, especially this week, because I finally was being very intentional with (laughs) responding to this dissociation. Again, what I was noticing and talking about with my friend last night is the first two weeks, I'd say, of this dissociation low place, I was just so in it, so in it that I couldn't even really see how, I couldn't even recognize that I was in that pattern. I was just completely absorbed by it, right? If, if I was talking with a client, I would say I had no awareness around the pattern. Coming into the third week of it, I finally was able to recognize, okay, I'm in this place, I'm in this pattern, and I've been in this pattern for a couple weeks now, and started to analyze it a little bit, what might be going on, what might be contributing to this, but I was really just still kind of stuck in that analyzing, observing phase, and not really doing anything about it. And that, even though you're getting more insight as to maybe why you are where you are, it still feels really icky because you're not putting into action anything that's gonna get you out of that place, at least that's how it feels for me. And so 
this last week, this last week or two, I'd say I've been very intentional about putting things into action that are going to help me get out of this funk. After all of the observation and analysis and these last two weeks of Evox on the dissociation, what can I take from that that I can actually put into action to help get me out of this place? And so what that's looked like for me, especially in this last week, was I think one of the things contributing to this funk is that I had been starting to feel really lonely, which is not <laughs> is not a feeling I am used to because anyone who knows me well knows that I am such an introvert. I love my alone time. I don't need a ton of socializing, although when I do socialize, I love it to be really deep and connected and meaningful. But over these last few months, I I haven't been intentional about actually spending time with friends or, you know, my friends who don't live near me, calling them and having really good long catch-ups. And so even though I see clients every day and of course I have my husband, there I think I've just been feeling very lonely and I think that's been contributing to the dissociation. And so I just finally realized like you need to get out of the office, get out of the house and be around people. And so this last week in between clients or on a day that I didn't have clients, I actually went to a coffee shop and just worked at the coffee shop for the day. And I have to say that this was so helpful for me. It made such an impact and it just reiterated to my mind and to myself how important human interaction is, even though right at these coffee shops, I wasn't having deep conversations with anyone. It was just, you're there, you're surrounded by people, you're seeing other people working away on their computers or having conversations and you just feel like you're part of something and you're motivated to get stuff done too. At least again, that's how it is for me. One of the things I've noticed with this dissociation that I fall into, and this is a very common symptom of dissociation, is that nothing feels real. The outside world, your goals, your achievements, it doesn't feel real. It just feels like, oh, none of that really matters. It doesn't really exist. And what I noticed getting out to the coffee shop and being surrounded by other people, it just helps pull me out of that place of, oh, none of this is real. I'm just kind of floating through life. It reiterates to my brain and mirrors to my brain like, no, look, (laughs) life is real. Things are happening. People are moving forward and you want to be moving forward too. So that has been one thing over this last week or so that has been incredibly impactful for me. The other thing is getting myself an accountability partner. And I laugh at myself at this because it feels so, I don't know, I think it just feels a little childish maybe for me initially, like, seriously, Leanne, you need an accountability partner, like you can't, you can't get your stuff done on your own, you've got to check in with someone to make sure you're doing things. So it was kind of demoralizing at first (laughs) to be like, I think I need this, but I know that it's not permanent. I don't, the goal isn't to just always have someone who I have to check in with to make sure I'm doing things because I'm never going to be able to hold myself accountable. No, I know I can hold myself accountable because I absolutely have been able to do that in the past. 
But I think really the the takeaway for me with this is I just finally was like, look, Leanne, what do you need to do to get out of this place? It doesn't feel great to feel like you need to be held accountable by some external force. That doesn't feel great. And that feels a little demoralizing. And that feels like I'm backtracking. However, if that's what I need to do to get out of this place of dissociation, of sort of high-functioning depression, honestly, then I'm willing to do it because I don't want to sit in this place any longer. And I know that I'm not going to be needing to check in with someone for the rest of my life. But if that's what I need to do to get out of here, I'm going to do it. And that was a really big perception shift in my mind because... Like I said, I think the you know the week or two that I was observing my behavior, I observed that you know it's hard being a solo entrepreneur, not having any employees yet. It's all me. I do everything from A to Z. It's hard sometimes to keep yourself accountable. And I had observed that, but I still hadn't put anything to action. And again, feeling that kind of shame around, oh, you can't keep yourself accountable with some things kept me from doing anything about it. And so clearing the shame around that and just going, it's it's not shameful, number one. Number two, you're not gonna be here forever. And number three, it's actually so courageous to be able to say, I need this. I need someone to help hold me accountable over the next few weeks to get me out of this funk. And I'm not gonna let my fear of being shamed or I'm not going to let my pride even more so really keep me from asking for this support and then just prolong this state that I've been in. So it was a real, it was letting go of the shame and letting go of the pride. So those have been two very tangible things that I've implemented over the last week or so. And I've just felt already so much better Oh, the one other thing I wanted to mention, maybe two, but one of the really impactful things is also I've just noticed, especially with this type of, right, if we're looking at this pattern, this dissociation from a nervous system or a stress response perspective, this is what we would call hypoarousal. When the sympathetic nervous system goes into a freeze response more specifically and that hypoarousal where we're really low, we're sort of depressive, we're dissociated, we have low energy, maybe we're fatigued, we're unmotivated. And so what I've learned and observed in myself specifically when I'm in this sort of hypoarousal place is getting out of the house as soon as I can in the morning and doing something active outside of the house does so much to get me going, get me energized, get me excited for the day. So that has been another thing that I've implemented over this last week is every single morning, you know, I wake up, I have my coffee and then I'm getting outside for like a 40 minute walk or some kind of outside exercise. And that also I think has made such a huge difference. And then the final thing was just reaching out to some more friends and getting some hangouts scheduled on the calendar. I already had that dinner with my friend planned this week and that was so uplifting. And so being intentional about reaching out to some other friends and 
actually getting some things scheduled because like I said, that loneliness that I've been experiencing, getting out to the coffee shops has been helpful, sure, but I definitely need to nurture and foster the relationships that I do already have established and and be the one to initiate some of that. I'm not a great initiator and my friends and my family know this so well. It is definitely a weak point for me. But again, coming back to, okay, am I gonna let this be a reason I stay in this low place? No, absolutely not. And when I frame the question like that for myself, it makes the answer so clear, right? Because I think especially when we're in, I mean, maybe when we're in a stressed, anxious, frantic state, but I've noticed at least for myself, especially when I'm in this sort of low depressive state, the answer seems so fuzzy. Like, oh, should I, is that what I need? Is this what I need? I don't know. I just, it's just like everything is fuzzy and unclear. And when I start to reframe the question of, should I reach out to a friend? Oh, I don't know. When I look at it and go, okay, if reaching out to a friend and meeting up with them is going to be what helps get you out of this place, are you really going to let your introversion, your, you know, not wanting to reach out, not wanting to initiate, whatever it is, are you really going to let that be a reason you don't get out of this place? And when I frame it like that, it's like, no, it sounds so silly. Same thing with, for example, the accountability. I could look at my life right now and go, oh, I'm really struggling with getting hard-hitting tasks done on the day-to-day. And I think the scared side of me could go, oh, I guess I'm just not up for the task. And it could very well be a reason that I don't succeed and achieve the dreams. But when I reframe it and go, am I going to let this be a reason I don't achieve my dreams? Or am I going to sit down, think through it, and come up with some potential solutions? And so for me, sometimes looking at it from that perspective, almost as if if I was to fast forward three years from now and look back on my life, if I don't change anything, right? If I don't change anything, if I just stay in this funk, probably a lot of things would start to go downhill. And in two years from now, three years from now, whatever it is, if I looked back and go, oh, I I lost the business, whatever, all because I couldn't, you know, all because I couldn't get certain tasks done, all because I was too prideful to ask for support. And when I look at it from that perspective, like I said, it just seems utterly ridiculous. And then the solution becomes so clear of like, no, 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 I do not want any of these to be a reason I can't achieve my dreams. So with all that said, <laughs> getting to today's Evox episode, still within this series of dissociation and looking at the different emotional root causes that could be contributing to it, what I was focusing on today is new protective patterns. And I'll touch on this for a second, right? If you've been a longtime listener, you might be familiar with the protective patterns. But the way that I look at these habits and patterns that we feel stuck in, I don't look at them as a negative thing. I don't look at it as my mind or my body is sabotaging me. The subconscious is only ever trying to protect us. And so if we are stuck in some pattern, it's because the subconscious believes this is protecting us from some perceived threat. And what I've come to realize with me specifically is 
my default protective mechanism that my subconscious defaults to in any kind of stressor is dissociation, checking out from the world. That's my default protective mechanism. And I do believe that that has to do with one of my earliest traumas experienced and that in those in that moment, I dissociated to protect myself. And ever since then, that has become the subconscious's go-to protective pattern. So with all that said, when I'm working with clients, there's a couple things we're trying to get at. One, what is the threat that the subconscious believes it's protecting us from? Where might What might have been some initial core experiences or wounds that contributed to this? Can we start to see that maybe that original threat or the threat that we're still afraid of isn't so much as a threat as we really believe? And also, can we start to give the subconscious some new protective patterns that are much more expansive that we can step into? And what I mean by that, right, is we can have limiting patterns or expansive patterns. And very often what happens is the protective patterns or the that we used as a child might have really been the only tools we had at our disposal, right? As a young child with not a lot of autonomy, not a lot of wisdom, not a lot of knowledge, we might only have a few tools, right? As a young three-year-old, the dissociation might have been the only protective mechanism I had at my disposal. And so in that moment of the trauma, it wasn't a limiting pattern. It actually was a beautifully protective pattern. However, as I've grown into adulthood, I have more autonomy. This pattern of dissociation has become limiting in the sense that it now limits me from being able to achieve the things I want to achieve and live the life that I want. And so what we, what the goal is, is to get to the roots of those and then start to replace that limiting pattern with expansive protective patterns. And what I mean by that is just that it's a, it's a pattern that maybe can still protect us and still give us a sense of safety, maybe even some soothing, but it doesn't limit us anymore. It actually allows us to expand into the things that we're trying to achieve or the life we're trying to build. And so in this Evox session, I had a really big epiphany that I'll touch on. And then I got really clear on, okay, what are some new patterns that I can try and shift into when I feel myself getting pulled into dissociation that can help, number one, pull me out of it. But again, right, the dissociation is coming because my subconscious, my mind, my body is feeling unsafe, it's feeling threatened, it's feeling fearful. So if I just tried to power through and steamroll myself and just push through the dissociation and get things done, what I'm doing is I'm still leaving all of those deeper inner feelings completely unacknowledged, completely unprocessed and trapped within me. So when I look at it from that framework, the question I ask myself is, okay, when I start to feel dissociation creeping in, that is a sign to me that I maybe have some subconscious fear, overwhelm, 
that my subconscious is trying to protect me from with the dissociation. And so now that I start to understand this pattern, I can go, okay, the dissociation is coming. That means I've got some underlying emotions I might want to look at. So can I take a pause, tune into those emotions, let them surface a little bit, sit with them, hear what they're saying, acknowledge them. If there's anything big and grounded that requires actual action, because I've attuned to those emotions, I'll be able to make a game plan for that. But honestly, what I've noticed 95% of the time is it's just, it's general overwhelm. It's general fear of things I'm stepping into. It's not some 911 emergency. And so what my plan is going forward, right? The new protective pattern, what I'd like to do when I'm sensing the dissociation coming in, or even if I notice, like sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of the pattern. We're not quite able to catch ourselves before we're in it or as we're going into it. Sometimes we sort of, we're like in the dead middle of it and we're like, oh shoot, I'm in this pattern again. And that's okay. But my point is, is either as I'm seeing myself getting pulled into it or as soon as I become aware of it, my plan is to first take a pause, five minutes, 10 minutes, and go do an, a tapping meditation. I've talked about EFT before, emotional freedom technique. I love this technique because it truly helps silence the alarm bells going off in our amygdala in the brain, and it can be so impactful. And so what I'm gonna do is right away, first thing, take a pause, do an EFT meditation where I'm just tuning in with those emotions. Again, letting them surface, acknowledging them, seeing if there's anything that requires true attention or if these are just emotions that need to come up. And then once I've done that attunement, done that acknowledgement, that validation, then shift into something else that's gonna kind of get me out of that funk. And I think this is where it comes back to some of those things I was talking about earlier in the show, which is get outside for a walk. If I'm feeling really low, get outside to a coffee shop and surround myself with people, call up a friend, call up Omid. But I think the big piece here that I really want to hone in on is that emotional attunement. It's that tuning in, right? Because we could very easily, and I do think this is what I've been doing over the last few weeks is, oh, I'm in dissociation. Oh, shoot, I need to get out of it right away. And I just force myself, I try and basically power through it and force myself to do something else. And like, sometimes that's helpful. It can get us out of a funk, but I'm completely glazing over the emotional acknowledgement. And I think that is such an important piece to make sure we're adding in because those underlying emotions are the reason that that pattern is there in the first place. And so, yes, if we have the discipline and the awareness to be able to shift out of that old pattern into something new, it's great. We're not in that old pattern anymore. However, those root emotions, those root causes are still there kind of festering. So that was my very actionable takeaway from this of, okay, what is a new protective pattern that I can put in place that I can already have laid out? It's kind of like a game plan that is already created that I can shift into immediately once I become aware that I'm in the pattern or getting pulled into the old pattern. The other, so the big epiphany that I had in this 
Evox session had to do with confidence. And I realized this is something I've talked about in another episode where I had realized, I think maybe a year or so ago that I was doing all of these health things. I had so many great supplements and I was doing so much testing and treatments and protocols and living such a healthy lifestyle. And yet I still felt so horrible. And I was very much in this mindset of, oh, if I could just have this one supplement, I would be healthy. Oh, if I could just have this one health product, this one, you know, if I could just have a sauna, I would be so healthy. I'd be in a perfect place of health. If I just had my infrared penth mat, I could be healthy. And what I, you know, I got to a place in that of like, no, I can be healthy today with the tools that are at my disposal, with good eating, with sunshine. So much of that was mental for me. And I share that story because I think that is very much what was going on for me in work recently. I've been in this place of, because of the overwhelm, because of the anxiety, building up a story in my mind of, if I could just take a nap, before this big project, then I'd be able to do, you know, a really good job on that project. Or I I mean, it seriously sounds so silly, even as I'm saying it to you guys, but like, oh, if I could just have this one meal from this one restaurant, then that'll give me the fuel I need to have a really good work day today. Or I'm feeling kind of stressed. If I could just, you know, watch this one episode of the show I love, then I'll be able to really sit down and focus. And it just hit me so clearly today in the Evox that it's that same pattern I was doing before with my health just shifted now to work. And what I realized is I think so much of that, oh, if I could just have this, if I could just do that, then blank. I think at least for me, so much of that is grounded in not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough, and just overall a low confidence. I think it was absolutely a bit of that with the health stuff of just, I'm not good enough on my own to be healthy. I need all these external things. And it's very much become that with work, feeling not very confident, feeling like I'm wasting time, feeling like I'm not good enough, And I think maybe the way that we try and compensate from that place of low confidence is if I just could get this thing, then I'd be able to do it rather than, no, I have everything I need. I am such a good worker. I, I know I can click into that place of high performance. I don't need anything else. And, you know, if I don't have the perfect nutrient dense breakfast today, I can still have an amazing, impactful workday. Whereas before it was kind of like, you know, oh, I I didn't get to do my morning routine and I didn't have the best breakfast. So that, you know, that's why I can't focus very good today. That's why I am being really lethargic and I can't get a lot done. And it's just not true. (laughs) at least not the majority of the time. Yes, of course, and I say this time and time again, 
Of course, we want to be tuning in with our physical health. And that is a big factor. And for many, we are pushing ourselves way too hard. But for me, it tends to be so much more of a mind game with myself. And I have to say, over the last few months, I haven't felt that full being, soul deep confidence that I'm used to experiencing because the reality is I love myself. I know that just by nature of being on this planet, I am so worthy and so deserving. And I really do love myself. But I haven't been embodying that recently. I haven't been projecting that out recently. And another thought came to me at the end of the session that there can be two really big drivers to one's confidence. One of them is just recognizing that we are innately worthy, that just innate inner worthiness. But another one that I realized, I think a big thing that can contribute to our confidence in ourselves and our self-worth is how we show up for ourselves, the habits the patterns that we're living out on a daily basis. And over these last few months, I haven't been as consistent with my morning routine, with my exercise movement habits, with my eating. And I do think slowly but surely not being my best self has lowered some of my confidence in me of, oh, maybe I'm not that person. And the reality is, no, I am that person. I've just gotten off track a little bit and I can get right back on it. But I I think when we can be consistent, when we can be disciplined and also if we're having a really hard time with discipline, do the deeper work to ask those questions of, okay, why am I having a, such a hard time being disciplined? It's those little things that can build a lot of confidence within us. And of course, having deep, meaningful relationships can be so good for building confidence. But I think for me in these last few months, specifically, the low confidence has been focused on just not feeling good enough overall, not feeling like I'm special enough, like I know enough, and then being a bit lackadaisical with some of my really good habits. So I'm excited. I'm excited to begin to embody that deep, deep inner confidence again and to keep climbing out of this funk I'm in. I, I know I'm not completely out of it. Like I'm, I've had a really good week this last week, but I'm not gonna stop there. I wanna keep going to make sure that this is truly cleared from my aura, from my subconscious, because as I said earlier, this dissociation is my reflective, reflexive, protective mechanism. And I was telling Omid, my husband, like, if I can overcome this, I am going to be unstoppable. This is my biggest, biggest weakness. This is my hardest thing. And I know that if I can overcome this, the sky is the limit. But those deep, deep core things tend to take longer to clear from the system and from the subconscious, from the psyche. And that's why I want to do this series on it to just focus on it again and again and come back to it again and again until it's cleared. (sighs) But it feels good. I already feel so much better. And I'm just so grateful to all of you who showed up today to listen. I'm so excited. I just have to say Omid and I are going to San Diego this weekend 
we're going to see the NWSL game. This is professional women's soccer for all of those who don't know. Between the San Diego Wave and LAFC at San Diego's new, brand new stadium. It's a sold out stadium. I'm so ecstatic. This is just me geeking out over soccer, but it's nice. We haven't gone away in a bit. We haven't gone outside of the country in two years since COVID. It's just crazy. And I have to say, I'm so excited, even though we're just going, you know, an hour or two south to San Diego. It's going to be such a good, refreshing, uplifting weekend that will lead me into another great week of progress. So have an amazing weekend, everyone. And until next week.